HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Another beautiful day in Bushwick, a heavy metal Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mike, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> that was pretty metal, right? Yeah. That was a metal <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I was totally hard. <laughs> You're the hardest, McGuire. Yes, I really am. <laughs> well, good to see you, and it really is a really beautiful day out here. But nobody yeah, Roberta, uh, only one person at Roberta seems to have brought their mother to lunch that I can see. <laughs> I think they're all home in Connecticut having... Well, they got to be nice to mom, because that's who's uh, signing the checks this month. Oh, I, I think I see the mom you're speaking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. The, the conservative little drop earrings. And the scrunchie. Yes, there is a scrunchie. Oh, she yeah. stands out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this place is going right to Actually, the, the bartender called me ma'am, so I took a little <laughs> bit of fit. I mean, yeah, no, right? I, Should I, I punch him? Here. It's, <clears throat> they, they can't imagine people over... Over 35, which we are by a whisper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not old enough to be your mother. Don't call me ma'am. Just your fun aunt. I snatched the tip right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of the Heritage Radio staff believe how old Judy and I actually are when, when we, we confess. And it's not because we're so young and youthful that they can't believe we're actually that old. They just don't believe that anybody that old is still alive and it's can be still part of this <laughs> And that you don't have real jobs or anything. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, there, 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 there's that. Um, but then again, Neither can my mother. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we're joined today on her encore appearance by Catherine Turman, author of Louder Than Hell, who was mammed at Roberta's, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I got mammed. Damn okay, it. Who wrote the authoritative, definitive history, the oral history of, of Heavy Metal Louder Than Hell. And it's a fucking great book. I've, it's, I've been living with it since the last time you were here a year ago. Well, thank you. It takes it, that long to read, is, pretty much. It it's over 700 pages. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a monster. And, uh, great job. Well, glad, thank you. Yeah, we, glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be back. And now it's a paperback, so. It is. 
is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it took a year between the two, and everyone's like, oh, is there extra content? I'm like, are you kidding? If there's <laughs> yeah. extra content, it would be, you know, 900 pages. Uh, we, we got the opportunity to correct a few things because, sadly, you know, uh, metal people don't uh, have a lot of longevity. And so right after the book came out, Jeff Hanneman passed away from um, Slayer, and then, you know, Lamb of God had a big lawsuit, and that right. got um, resolved. So we were able to update and, you know, make it as current as possible, but we didn't add any more salacious stories of sex, drugs, goat blood, that That'll stuff. be part two. <laughs> exactly. We have to wait another 40 years, though, because this covers the first 40, so then I'll definitely be a ma'am. I will take ma'am if I come back in 40 years and do part two. With your, um, with your metal-studded walker. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what, 40 years. What is the state of the art of heavy metal? Where are we now after this uh, long and treacherous trip? Well, I mean, as you may know, Black Sabbath are still doing uh, stadiums 40 years later, so they are something. Right. Um, and it, recently, I think everyone I knew went to see them uh, when you, they played in Brooklyn. You know, I didn't specifically boycott, but I didn't go. I mean, I've seen almost... Every incarnation. We talked about Ian Gillen before we went on the air. I That's didn't right. see that version, but I saw Dio okay. a lot. It's crazy how many people have actually been in Black Sabbath. If you go to their Wikipedia page, it's like over 200 people. All right. Do you know, like, Terry Crimes, you know, from The Clash was in Black Sabbath? No, I didn't right? know that. It- Come on. Seriously, he did like a whole tour with them or half a tour with them. Wow. And this is when, I forget who was singing and they had a keyboard player. One Maybe of like, Tony Martin was right, singing. Right, right. Tony Martin, who the fuck remembers Tony Martin? <laughs> We're you Facebook know, friends. Hi, Tony. He was in the band a long time. It's funny because no one, everyone is like, what album was that? It's always a Tony Martin album that you forget. It's kind of like Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth. You know, it's like, okay, Hagar might have been in Van Halen for longer than David Lee Roth. I don't remember. But, you know, it, it depends on your perspective. And that was my friend Larry Getlin, who is a Hello. <laughs> author and journalist as well. Hi. And metal. And, and, and metal. Oh, yes. And, and uh, habitant of uh, L'Amour. Ah, uh, Lamore was Lamore was. If you grew up in Brooklyn and were metal, that was the only place. So it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. They'd have cover bands during the week, and you go, and there'd be ten people, and you're you know seventeen there at three in the morning, like this is amazing. <laughs> and then the big bands came during the week. It was it was a blast. Yeah, I guess in L.A. we didn't have anything. I mean, we had the Rainbow Bar and Grill, but that was more rock and roll decadence, old school, 70s style. We had a place called the Country Club, which, you know, was not like the golf and and, uh, beer. It used to be Wolf and Rissmiller's Country Club, and that's where I'd see... Uh, actually, in the early days of Rip Magazine, when I used to work there, we'd have our parties there and with Rothschild America. And um, I actually saw early Poison gigs before they were signed there, if you'd like to consider well, them metal. But, metal is such uh, more... They're kind of metal. I mean, they're hairband, but... Well, they were that, that was the top metal at the time. Glam was... That was certainly metal. Yeah. I mean, when did, when did like, the... <laughs> start? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, I, I was the publicist at Roadrunner Records. In 89 you know, and 90. I knew your name sounded familiar. I yeah. used to work at High Times. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Wait, you yes. used to work at High Times? I know. Can I you believe worked it? at High Times. Oh, my God, I never did. <laughs> Not yet. Is there a chance? <laughs> Count your lucky stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not a metal place either, High Times. That was a weird thing, by the way. We had um, uh, one or two guys on the floor, um, and my old friend Bobby Black, who's now uh, you know part of the Muckety Mucks inner circle over there, who, was all, who always flew that flag and flew it well. And um, I'm 
beat was behind it because I think heavy metal is this great big popular music. It's just not seen as that hip or that cool by the you know the you know the fucking journalists, the literati, and you know the smarty pants indie rock journalists in New York. I mean, Manhattan is just not the capital of heavy metal. No, no. it never has been, as far as I can tell. Again, I'm an I'm an LA native. My co-writer John Wiederhorn, uh, East Coast, lived in Brooklyn much longer than I have. But, uh, yeah, when I, I actually, you know, for the book, I, I'm like, all right, let's do something on New York metal. We're like, mm, okay, we all, we, you know, you have your carnivores and your type of negatives and your biohazards, yeah. but it is, right. I mean, I guess Twisted Sister. I don't know what well, people well, that's that's that was Long Island. Long, metal, long, yeah. long Island. And I mean, to some degree, Queens, but that's Long Island. It's some degree right. it, it yeah. turns into each other. But um, I was always <laughs> disappointed that we never did more heavy metal in high times. It seemed natural. And of course, the famous story is the only times when we put Ozzy Osbourne on the cover and the motherfucker stole my weed. Ozzy. And it also caused me such I'm not surprised. fucking problems because all the old hippies were saying, you can't put Ozzy on the cover. You can't put Ozzy on the cover because he's metal and we're a hippie magazine. Right? But Ozzy was like, if you're a stoner, he's like Elvis. Right? It does not get yeah. any bigger than that. And I knew it was going to be great. It was so funny. They called up um, his publicist called and said, we'd like to do Ozzy. This is before the Osbournes TV show. At the time, I think Ozfest was happening. But, you know, it was uh, you know a, a tribute act or what do you call it? A legacy act. Yes. You know, at the time, I'm not even sure who was in Black Sabbath at the time. It wasn't all four. Neither guys. were they. <laughs> um, but of course, it became like the best-selling issue of high, high Times ever, despite the fact that the hippies were still screaming from my head that you'll ruin us. We're out of business. But I mean, when I was a kid, I listened to Black Sabbath and Paranoid and got high. Sweetleaf, hello, Sweetleaf. I mean, I you know <laughs> every you know, stoner so- I know loves Black Sabbath. Everybody yes. I know likes Black Sabbath. I mean, they were a hippie band. They were you know people the- forget the hippie roots of Black Sabbath. Anti-war, yeah, the- blues jamming. Psychedelic hippie band that that landed on this like great doom and gloom gimmick. Wasn't the first name Earth? Yeah, the first oh. name was Earth. Oh, they, seriously, yeah, they had a they had a song called The Wizard. Yeah, it's all yeah. about Middle Earth. Thankfully, there's already a band Billboard called Air and another one called Fire and, you know? and Rare Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Water. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that would not have served them well. But uh, it's tough. Ozzy's out there. The good thing that came out of that story, Ozzy did steal my pot, and I leaked the story to page six and was everywhere. And um, and then Sharon called me. Sharon Osborne called and said, make the story die now. And I'd already gotten everything that I ever wanted out of it. It was, you know, the magazine was a smash, and getting yelled at by Sharon was just kind of like one more red badge of courage. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get on the wrong side of Sharon Osbourne. No, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I've dealt with her for years. I used to book a radio show called Rockline. And actually, I will say, Ozzy was the only guest. It was a live radio show, much like this. I don't know how he managed it. He fell asleep on the air. Um, <laughs> maybe he still had some of your leftover from your story. <laughs> he fell asleep so, on his television yeah. show many times. I think that's nodding out, though. It's a little different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sleeping and nodding. Uh, but, uh, um, Ozzy's a nodder. Yeah, but I, I then I went on to work for uh, Sharon Osbourne before... Uh, you know, she moved on to whatever she is now, the view, the voice, the butt, the, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Uh, she had her own morning talk show. And it was so cool because she and I were rock chicks. And this is a time when that band Jet was coming out and bands like that were like, we're going to get Jet on this morning talk show. And then the higher ups are telling us, no, you're going to book Dido. And Sharon and I were looking at each other like, what? We like cute rock boys. So she was my, you know, she was she was the champion of good rock and roll. But the, there's a reason the talk show didn't succeed. And I guess you know, her sensibilities weren't for the, maybe they are more now, but. You know. uh, a good heavy metal mom is hard to find, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. Or a momager or a, a wifeager, which are the right. those two terms. Well, she turned it around. I mean, she really turned around for Ozzy because they really were playing at the carnival and the state fair. That was the circuit they were on for a while, sadly. And um, that's the only reason why High Times got that call because Rolling Stone certainly would have take, wouldn't have taken them seriously. And we were like, "Are you kidding? We'll put them on the cover." <laughs> 
So was it just Ozzy on the cover, the whole band? Uh, no, it was Ozzy, who was really nice, by the way, totally like wounded and damaged and sort of like shuffling his feet, coming in in like some sort of weird Thorazine haze, um, like really living up, but very, very sweet and very nice. And he saw this big skull full of pot. He's like, fuck, is that real? You know, much, much to like his handler's dismay because, you know, he was supposed to be sober. Um, and then Tony Allen came by and he was also very nice super, they were super professional when he saw we had this big chalice filled with pot and some swords and this big throne and all this goofy stuff and, um, and a big sweet leaf medal that, that he wore his giant silver pot where is that now? it's in an undisclosed location uh, okay under your bed is but, what you're saying but, but when he croaks I would be looking for it on eBay if I were yeah. you yeah <laughs> okay yeah what's your eBay screen name? <laughs> yeah you could make a whole package yeah. with that like a framed photo of the cover I, oh and- yeah oh no it's, it's there. I'm, so. I'm going to look for that after this interview. Okay. Yes. The cover of Ozzy with the Thing, and uh, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. yeah, I'd love to. That's, that's my retirement plan. <laughs> that, that's, when you're in high times, that's all you get. In the, in the <laughs> so you're going to last for a year on the sale of that, then, Russ. <laughs> so you then, can, we, then we can sell my book with the Ron Jeremy signature in you, it. So you've been on tour uh, for uh, Louder Than Hell, and all you got was a copy of your own book signed by Ron Jeremy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we, did a, we did a paperback launch. I mean, it was great. The book came out in hardcover a year ago, and we did everything here in New York, which you was awesome. A, you have a real podcast. Publisher, who's your publisher? We do. I mean, like, we they send you on tours. Well, we have a real publisher. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, no, uh, we we John and I flew to L.A. under our own steam, uh, own money. That is not uh, our own. yeah, our private jet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we hopped on the fog hat private plane. That just sounded seventies. Like, the fog hat plane. The Zeppelin. The Zeppelin plane is the yeah, one. Zeppelin, yeah, Zeppelin. Zeppelin plane is the one. Some of them rented planes and had their logo on it for like exactly. one tour, half a tour. I I think fog hat had that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how they wrap the cars now. They did the right. plane the same yeah. way. But no, we, we're with Harper Collins, a subsidiary called It Books, which is actually now changing its name to Day Street Books. I know that's really informative in, in the metal world. But they, they actually published Dave Mustaine's book, um, I believe Stephen Adler's book. So they're, 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 it's a metal-friendly uh, big publisher. But we did, you know, because we're not, we're not big names. The big names are in the book. So we thought we're going to get our own way to L.A., and we did, and it, it was awesome. We, we are, the, thanks to our friends who bought the book, and I will say that, because every, every book I signed was almost to, like, Hi, you've known me since I was three. Thank you for buying the book. Well, I will say we had Scott Ian from Anthrax, who's in the book, and he writes our foreword. He joined us for the reading. So I think that oh, got... Nice. Scott's a super nice a, guy. Yeah, I know that got a few people, because some little girl came with Scott dolls. That's not the right word. Action figures, I guess. So <laughs> like, all right. Scott Ian some, has action figures? There was, she had something in her hand that was Scott in a package. So <laughs> I don't know. So then that I'm sounds like, ominous. All right, so I'm like, finally, there's one person who isn't my childhood friend. I literally had friends from junior high people who knew my mother. I'm like, thank you for supporting So you're getting a lot of groupies, speaking of uh, things that are packaged in your hands. And, Authors uh, always <laughs> get groupies, Mike. You should know that. Like, we get so many groupies. You know, I know there there are literary groupies. Of course, this isn't really literature, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can turn I think, that I, ma'am around. I, 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 I think you are in a sweet spot for both like like bookish groupies and heavy metal groupies. And um, smart, smart is hot, right? And you wrote a book, and that's cool. Well, you know what? I, I have found that, uh, you know, even through Facebook, there's a lot of people who are like, I've loved your writing since, you know, I used to write for BAM, which was a, a publication in L.A., or you wrote about my band back in the day. And so I am finding that, and it's rewarding, because certainly the money is no reward. So yeah, all we really. do it for is the ego but, gratification. But you also have, like, a cool day job, and you're one degree of separation away from one of the coolest guys ever. Yes, my day job uh, is a night radio show, Nights with Alice Cooper. I produce that. And he, of course, that's, you know, what did he say about the book? I believe he said something. <laughs> the book every metal fan should own. 
Isn't that, yeah. he that just said that. Isn't that amazing? That's, a, that's, a, that's the guy who wrote Schools Out right yes. there. But he, uh, <laughs> he himself is not metal, but he has, you know, he actually says really funny stuff about Norwegian black metal. He's like, you're not black metal. You're not death metal. You go to McDonald's. You're posers. <laughs> He's always got Well, isn't that always a fine say. line? Um, I'm not really a heavy metal fan. I don't self-describe as a metal fan, but I love Black Sabbath. I love Motorhead. You self-medicate as a metal fan, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, but I get Deep Purple, but, you know, that's, that's not really heavy metal. I love the Led Zeppelin uh, more than anything. You know, I'm one of those rhubarbs who's going to buy all the reissues that Jimmy Page is just putting out because I know what a good job he does. When he remasters shit, I mean, it's going to come booming out of my speakers. Um, a lot of people don't understand what remastering actually is, but he's one of the guys who does. I know it's going to sound great. You've already got them. You're nodding. Go uh, I'm going to be hearing uh, some new stuff on Tuesday. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. Um, but does that make me a heavy metal fan? Because it goes, it ends with I, Led Zeppelin. I think Zeppelin Sabbath, and Sabbath and Motorhead, yes. Well, you know what? Some, at least partly of one, yeah. I mean, in the book, we that was when, when when we started the book, or my huge thing was I'd never done a book before. You guys are experts. I should have come to you and said, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have said, How do I start a book? And, about, and, and about the literary groupies, too. Oh, yes, and the huge amount of money. Is that how you two money. met? You reach and, 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 and the tours and the private jets. Oh, my God. And the money. The <laughs> Were you money on that Foghat jet, too? Yeah. Just trying to keep your head on our shoulders was our biggest problem. <laughs> Yeah, after all the decapitations that were... <laughs> no, I, I think uh, my, my first question was, you know, what is metal? Because I felt, oh, I need to define it in order to write about it. And, you know, that's the question I, I get asked a lot. I and, think that's very important. And though. so I started asking that question with the first few people I interviewed. And, of course, I got no answers or weird answers or horrible answers. Everyone had a different answer. So I had to switch from that. But we did decide to cover stuff that definitely wasn't metal, you know, Zeppelin, uh, Iggy and the Stooges, just because they were part ministry. of ministry, ministry, ministry. Well, yes, well, so we, ministry we later, to... but certainly the Stooges, the MC5, uh, Alice Cooper's first band, Blue all those Cheer. great sixties bands. I mean, Jimi Hendrix. That's the run up to heavy metal. I mean, exactly. That's... Yeah, it didn't. You know, it didn't. You know, spring out of Sharon Osbourne's rib. It was uh, founded <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Oh, wait, I, I think she had that rib removed. And on the seventh day, Sharon rested. All right, tell you what, that's a that's a good that's a good segue for uh, to take take a break here on Heavy Metal Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. You're listening to Arts Hold and on. Seizures, uh, the Louder Than Hell special edition. Uh, here's a song for all you moms. <laughs>
My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. <laughs> That's the most metal bumper of all time. <laughs> Thank you. I hope that was done specially for Louder Than Hell. <laughs> We're back on Arts Procedures uh, streaming live from Roberta's and Bushwick. And what a great example of a punk metal crossover is Danzig and the Misfits. I mean, he was... I was a Misfits super fan maniac. He used to come into the comic book store I worked at. I used to give him free books. I used to steal from my employer and give him free, like, Doré, like, used, you know, gothic um, art books and loved him. And then I um, interviewed him a couple of years later when I was working for a music magazine called Reflex. And um, he remembered me. He used to put me on the guest list for all the shows and stuff. Nice. But I started asking him questions, and he was just such a controlling dick. Like he, I said, like, oh, I see you have a piece of cake there, but you always work out. Like, are you going to eat your cake? And he's like, don't put that in the story. It's <laughs> a delicious piece of chocolate cake. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually I will say, you know, people always ask, you know, who's been your most difficult interview, whatever. I, too, am a, a big fan musically and somewhat personality wise. But I went to his home in L.A. to interview oh, cool. him. But I was but I was late. Stole the fangirl. Yes, Ever I, the fangirl, McGuire. I was late. And uh, because I got lost, which was ridiculous and I should have allowed time. And, you know, it's L.A. It's traffic. But, yeah, he definitely yelled at me. Well, you were and, tardy. Um, yes, I was tardy. No fruit cup for you. I... One of my favorite, my party for fruit cup. <laughs> no one will get that reference. And if you do, I love you, Mel Brooks people. Um, yeah, so uh, he, he is definitely one of the edgier guys. But I think he's probably had his comeuppance in the photos that have surfaced of him walking with the, uh, the, the, kitty, ca- litter. the kitty litter. You know, I mean, hey, he's human. He's, just, he's he, human and he's a cat fan. His I love cats him are black. So Me too. Cool. Same thing. I used to think he was get- so hot, but he only liked like, like, Girls who weren't even rail thin, they were like skeletors with long black hair. And I had long black hair, but I was not a skeletor. Um, but all I can see is the headline, I stole for Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like always used to steal books from him, for him. But like that was what we did when we were 20. So why didn't he hire you for, was it Verotic, his, his own company? I mean, you should have been running that. You I, and your chocolate cake. <laughs> that we are not... You know, when I interviewed Jello Biafra, he wouldn't let me put in the story, or he didn't want me to put in the story, that he was putting, um, like, green powder in his water. Like, it was just some spirulina or some shit, well, but he was also like, you can't write that. Please don't write about that. We can do a whole episode about Jello and the Dead Kennedys. In fact, we should probably have the Dead Kennedys on the show, and I mean the Dead Kennedys minus Jello. Oh, so weird. These All these bands touring without the lead singers, like yeah, Reagan well, Youth. Yeah, exactly. I We're mean, our old friends. But, you know, at some point, I mean, I, I'm with the guys in the Dead Kennedys, i got to say, on this, because Jello, from all accounts and everything I've seen, ripped those guys off brutally, and he kind of screwed them over. They put a lot of time and years, you know, of their you know, souls and invested so much in that band, they deserve to make a living off of the Dead Kennedys. And if they want to put out a product that they can convince people is authentic and competitive, and I think it is, because they seem to be, you know, they hire, like, legit singers. They're not saying it's Jello, but it's the rest of the guys. You know, God bless them. If they can put that out and there's an audience for it, it doesn't seem like they're ripping anybody off. It seems like very straight, straight down the line, this is who we are, this is what we do. I agree with that, but then again, I have to, maybe because I'm a Libra and I'm a ma'am, <laughs> I have to look at both sides of it. I'm like, what if, what if you were the singer of that band? 
Orleans. I mean, well, maybe I, you wouldn't rip them off. Yeah, in maybe, the first maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe what if I would. You were a nice person in the singer of that band. Not that he's not nice. Well, but. we certainly have our, our good friends, the Dictators. We're sort of like another proto metal band, a proto punk band. Definitely. You know, it's funny. We didn't include them in the book, but for for no reason other than it was too long already. But I do hang out at Manitobas if that right. helps. Right, and, and Richard's a great guy, yes. and um, our good friend Andy Chernoff, who yes. is also uh, been a regular guest here. And boy, those two cannot stand each other. And Richard's touring with a band called the Dictators NYC just to distinguish the bands and I mean, it's tough for all intents and purposes. It's the dictators. I mean, they've got the guy that's been playing drums with them for many years. They've got one of the original guitar players and the blessing of the guy that's not on the road with them. They're playing that song. It's the guys. I don't know. It seems a little touchy to me to like to say it's not that thing with those guys. But the guy that's not in the band that doesn't want to be involved you know, is wielding the heavy arm of the law over their head. Right. Well, maybe it's up to the fans to decide if they're going to spend their money and go. I mean, the same thing uh, on, on a larger, more revolting scale is Kiss. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, are you going to go see them with two people dressed up in someone else's makeup, which is even creepy? Yeah, that's, that's the weird give them, thing. Give them the onk or it's, the new makeup, at least. Yeah, I want the onk. Where's the onk? Where's the onk? I think I'm enough with the kitty cat. I, right. the, I want the upside down the cross. Cat- I want the Glenn Benton of... Uh, <laughs> of <laughs> the kitty cat was lame Kiss. when they started. You know, I'm going to be a <laughs> demon. I'm going to be the star lover. I'm going to be Space Ace. I'm going to be a kitty cat. What the fuck? Well, well, that was one of their biggest <laughs> songs, right? Like, wasn't Beth one of? Well, that was that was that, that was, was the hit. It was for yeah. girls. Yeah, there I said it. It was, yeah, and you know what? Oh, well, was only women bleed by Alice Cooper? I mean, was that for girls? It was about girls. Okay, we should talk about the power ballad and how that ruined the whole fucking thing. Well, that's that's. <laughs> I think that's how you tell if you're in a hair metal band if your hit was a power ballad. That's kind of the benchmark, I think. So I never got it, you know. When but every rose does have its thorn. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love Guns N' Roses right out of the gate. I thought Appetite for Destruction was just like this, like bitchin' record. I really, really dug it. To me, one of the reasons I liked it, especially versus all the other crap that was out at the time, is they were like a real rock and roll band. At the very roots, they understood the implications of the Stones and Aerosmith. Um, and they got that. There was like a sleazy, but the two guitar thing was bluesy, and it had oddly grown up with that. And it wasn't sort of like this post Van Halen kind of, I learned everything three generations separated from, from the source. I just thought they were. I would agree. Dynamite. I would agree. Uh, again, growing up in LA, I. Um I saw them in the way early days. In fact, uh, Duff McKagan, I've known since he was 20, he moved to uh, L.A. from Seattle, joined my then boyfriend's band. And, uh, you know, I was trying to get him into clubs when he didn't have his ID. He was already sober by then. So he'd already been through his first drinking phase was sober then. He was living in a cruddy, actually, ironically, a cruddy little apartment in Hollywood called the Nirvana. Like I know, in a little studio in in L.A., parts apartments don't have names like they do here, like the Dakota, whatever. So it's kind of <laughs> odd. But uh, yeah, I saw a lot of early Guns N' Roses gigs when that was Axel with the ball gag and the and the kilt, and they were doing covers of Mama Kin. Speaking of Aerosmith, and you know they were the real thing. I mean, I was at Cat House and all those places. I saw the not real thing. I saw the real thing, and they definitely they were, and yeah. not just because they were, you know. Fucked up on whatever, and so, <laughs> so how did we get to where we are now with the Guns and Roses? Is he just uh, crazy? November Rain? November oh, Rain. I, power balance. Mm, see, don't see? you think that would be, yeah. for me? That's the turning point because I think that's where Slash was like, "What is this eleven-minute-long Elton Johnny thing?" And Axe was like, "We're has doing he, it." Has he and talked think, about that? Uh, in my mind, he has. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Th- I th- I seem to recall that maybe November Rain was a, a kind of a d- dividing line a little bit. 
I don't think it was a deal breaker, but I think it was, yeah. Wasn't that the really creepy video, too, with his ex-wife that, or something? Or my, uh, or was it the, what, the Stephanie Seymour? Yeah. Stephanie Seymour, yeah. his girlfriend. The, was that yeah. the wedding dress, maybe, yeah. and buried? And, yeah. not, not the Dolphins one, though. <laughs> that was just wrong. I, I never got it. Like, why anybody would want to listen to these power ballads? To me, it sounded like Lionel Richie, which was sort of like those big power ballads, I guess they were called then, too. But before the metal bands brought them on when I was in high school. And people wanted to listen to this soft, weepy music. I but never yeah. understood why a 16-year-old kid, a man, XY, testosterone-charged kid smoking dope would want to listen to this weepy, mopey shit. Well, uh, the I, only guess, th- I guess the same could be said about the indie rock as well. But you're also, you know, <laughs> we were asking before if those bands were really metal, and I think this speaks to that dividing line, because those songs were the songs that took them out of metal and got everyone else to listen to them, which is where you make all the money. Right. So I think that, you know, there's that factor, too. Yeah, and I will say definitely when I first used to see Poison, you know... Uh, I'm a woman. I thought actually I was a Bobby Doll fan, the bass player, the dark haired one. I thought he was the cutest. But um a lot of my guy friends would go to see Poison just because there were so many girls at the shows. So oh, yeah. You know. And you dress like girls, a girl, not girls, too glad to come to see you. Yeah, New York Dolls had a huge girl lady party. Hey, hey, for the two moments I was in the Lunachicks, ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know a lot of my guy friends are like, Really, Mike, you know, gonna put on the eye makeup and get out the feather boa and I'm That's like, right, and I'm gonna get laid ten times more than you are, my friend. You know who comes out to see chick bands? Chicks. And their friends. All right, louder than hell. It's on sale now. Wherever finer books are sold, where can we find you? Where are you going to be? Got any more hot action tour? Actually, I will say up? something exciting has happened, uh, or hopefully will happen now that I'm putting it out in the world. Um, you know, the, the the Brooklyn Bar. We were talking about Lamore and how awesome that was. So we did a little. Uh, there's quite a bit of bands. Uh, quite a few bands talk about Lamore. I think Carcass and and bands from the scene. Scott Ian. Um, but I heard from the owner of St. Vitus, which is the most awesome thing here. He's, right. he's like, hey, you should do a reading. I'm like, I want to open for a band. Then I saw Grim Reapers coming. I'm like, I want to open for Grim Reaper. And since I don't play anything, this might be my only chance. So we're going to try and book a few more New York area readings. Hopefully we will, you know, be pelted off the stage. St. Vitus is perfect for you. St. Vitus and Duff's. Like, you yeah, should just be exactly. there every other week. This is awesome. You have arrived. <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. All right. Well, once again, Judy, it's been the fastest half hour on the internet today. It's crazy. It's over. It's, it's over. Well, we have the rest of the day to celebrate um, heavy metal and our moms. Exactly. So uh, here at Arts and Seizure for uh, Judy and Catherine and Evan in the booth. Uh, thank you for having us. Thank you for keeping moms and metal alive and together. And thank you for uh, Ron Jeremy to signing my book so now I can't sell it. Uh, I'll be watching for that on eBay as well. Exactly. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 